0: He was and he is and he always will be Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to talk about that today and uh, it's going to be a joy for us. But before we do, an angel has given me an important message for someone with the initials TD who is driving a black Honda who needs to turn their lights off. Because we want you to have a good Christmas, and I have a dead battery. So if you're driving a black Honda and uh, your lights are on, uh, we want you to take care of that so you can get home afterwards. But hey, welcome again to Cuyahoga Valley Church. Merry Christmas. My name is Chad Allen. Uh, I'm uh, one of the pastors on staff, and it's a joy to be here with you. Uh, before we crack into some of the teaching, I just want to test your memory a little bit when it comes to some popular Christmas movies. So I'm going to show a few pictures. And the pictures are going to be of characters from popular Christmas movies, but the faces have been whited out. And so we'll see if you can identify. So once you know the movie, I expect you to shout it out pretty loud. And then we'll get extra bonus points if you can remember the actual name of the character. So first one is this one. What movie is this? Elf, Elf, of course. And the character's name? Buddy. Okay, that's an easy one. That's a softball. All right. Next one. Home Alone. Home Alone. That's right. What's the character's name? Kevin. Kevin. Some of you are a little less certain. Like, Kevin? (laughs) Kevin, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And the next one? The Christmas Story. We got one over there. A Christmas Story. And what was the name of the character? Ralphie. Ralphie, that's right. Okay, this one's going to be a little bit, we're going to go back a little bit more now. What's, the, what's this movie? A Wonderful Life. And here's where it gets really hard. What's the name of the character? George, George Bailey. Some of you did that. All right, give yourselves a hand. You got it. You got it. That's good. Nicely done. Can you imagine trying to watch those movies without the character? Can you imagine how weird it would be to watch any of your favorite movies without the main character? And yet that's exactly what sometimes we find ourselves doing at Christmas. Christmas is about the birth of Christ. And yet so many of us are trying to do Christmas without the main character. Like we've got the nativity scene, but Jesus isn't there. And so we find ourselves celebrating and having a lot of activity, but uh, we don't see the character that we're here to celebrate there. And when that happens, things get funky. Things get a little, a little wonky. In fact, I don't know if you've heard of the holiday blues or the Christmas blues, but a lot of psychologists now are, telling, are saying this is a real deal, that people during the holidays, around Christmas especially, experience stress, anxiety, pressure, all the financial strains and the activity demands and all those things, plus some are experiencing extra loneliness because they're missing loved ones, they're navigating family conflict and, and all of these things. And so we're, we're all rushing down this lane of busyness during Christmas. And so we're shopping and we're buying and we're decorating and we're wrapping and we're cooking and we're cleaning and we're traveling. And then all of a sudden you show up on Christmas morning, there's this explosion of wrapping paper while Christmas carols are playing in the background and everybody's ooing and aahing and trying on their outfits and, and being excited or faking excitement. You know who you are, right? Okay, the gift that you, like, oh, this is great, you know? And then what happens is, as the holiday high starts to fade, and the hours after that moment, something else starts to rise up inside of you, and basically what people have expressed it as being is kind of like, is that it? Like, like I've, I've played with my new toys for a couple hours, I've tried on the things, but is that it? And, then, and you start to feel like something's missing, and we all know what it is. It's someone is missing, Someone is missing from the celebration at Christmas. Now Christmas is about the birth of Christ. Everything else that we enjoy about Christmas, the family, the friends, the food, um, the gifts, are secondary. They're, they're good. They're very good. But they're secondary. And it's the birth of Christ that should be most important. In fact, it's a, lot, a lot of times it's like we get this amazing gift. I mean, kids, can you imagine if you got an awesome gift tonight or tomorrow morning? And it's this big gift. And you open it up. And when you open it up, surprise, there's just nothing in it. There's just nothing in it. It's like, psych, okay? You know, there's just nothing in there. And a lot of times people are, are so busy at Christmas, they, they spend, you know, they look at the outside and go, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. And then when hours of it being over, it's like, why, why does it feel empty? But here's the thing. What we see happen at Christmas a lot of times is a miniature version of what people experience in life. See, it's, it's not good to, you know, experience Christmas without Christ. But even more tragic is that people are experiencing life without Christ. We're experiencing this gift of God called life. Life, life is amazing. God's given you breath and he's given you family and friends. He's given you home and shelter and he's given you food and he's given you a job and maybe some education and all these beautiful things of life. And you, you go, man, it looks good. It feels good. But there's those days when it just feels empty. Like like, why when I get up and get ready and I eat and I you know, get ready for my day and I head off to work or I get ready to hold down the home front and afterwards I have activities I run off to after work and then maybe I'll come home and maybe I'll eat with my family, maybe not. And then maybe I'll put up a few fires and then I'll get home and then maybe put on a show to decompress and then I'll go to bed and I'll wake up in the morning again and do it all again every day over and over and over and there's a part of that, it's like without the creator in your life, without Christ in your life, it's, it's wrapped all nice. You might have a pretty home, wear nice clothes, drive a nice car, looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's empty. It's one thing to not have Christ for Christmas. It's another thing to not have Christ for life. And so here in this moment, as we get to celebrate the birth of Christ, I want to take us back to this amazing understanding, this important understanding of Jesus as Emmanuel, what we just sang about, what we just saw on that video, and understand a little bit more about the value, the meaning, the comfort, the hope, the joy of having Jesus as our Emmanuel. And I want to take you to three Bible verses today, three verses that are in the Christmas narrative in the Bible, and they're found in the book of Matthew chapter 1. And so please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1 or open up your Bible app if you have those on your phone or device to Matthew 1. These verses will be on the screen. And just if there's anybody here that actually doesn't own a Bible, we'd love to give you one as a gift for free. So just stop by the tables in the, in the uh, center outside and you can just grab a Bible that's free as a Christmas gift. And as we're about to be in Matthew 1, 21 through 23, here's the moment of history we're about to enter into. What has happened is that Mary has received, obviously, the news that she's going to be with child and that it's going to be a, a miraculous birth by the power of the Holy Spirit. She's told her fiancé, Joseph, honey, I'm pregnant, but don't worry. It's from God. Everything's going to be okay. Joseph is not buying this at all. And so what he does is he plans to secretly and quietly divorce her. He, just, he doesn't want to shame her. He doesn't want to embarrass her. So he's just going to quietly tap out and go on with his life. And then what happens is God sends an angel to come to Joseph in a dream while he's sleeping to confirm that what Mary said was true. And this is what we see right here, a piece of this conversation that God is giving Joseph through the angel. And in Matthew 1, verse 21 through 23, here's what we see. The angel tells Joseph, she, referring to Mary, will bear a son and you shall call his name, what? Jesus. His name Jesus, yeah. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. And what he's referring to here is 700 years before this moment, there was a man named Isaiah, and he was an Old Testament prophet of God, and he was a spokesperson for God. And he said that this is going to happen, all right? And the prophet said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, what does it mean? God with us. And so what a great reminder today that, that, that Emmanuel, Jesus, means God with us. And we're going to unpack that and look at that a little closer in a minute. I know for me, when, when I was a young Christian as a teenager, and this was fairly new to me, verses like this confused me. Because, you know, you heard people say, like, oh, the Bible's full of contradictions. And I would read this verse and go, time out here. What's his name? Because one, on one hand it says his name is Jesus. On the other hand, his name is Emmanuel. Which is it, right? Like what is it? Is is he, you know, what's going on here? And so is, is is Jesus walking around going, my first name is Jesus, last name Christ, but I've got a nickname, it's Emmanuel. You can call me Manny if you want, right? Um is that what's going on here, right? And so we just need to do a little bit of a name um unpack for a second. Because uh, names in the Hebrew culture and the Greek culture are different than usually the English-speaking cultures. Uh, when we look at someone and we call them Bob or Sue or you know Jim or Chad or whatever, uh, there's usually not a deeper description tied to those names. But in the Hebrew culture and the Jewish culture, there was definitely great meaning tied to these names. And so his name is very clear here. When we look at verse 21, his name is Jesus. And what I love about his name is it's not just his name, but it's also his mission. Jesus means God saves. So the name of Jesus was the very mission that he was going to come for, that he was going to come. And through his death on the cross and through his resurrection from the grave, he was going to save mankind from their sins. And so his name is Jesus. Uh, Just a sidebar here, the word Christ is actually a title. It's not his last name. Um, So I know some of you are going, oh, okay, finally, someone can clear that up. But Christ is a title, and it means the anointed one or the promised one or the chosen one. So really technically, if you want to be technically accurate, it's Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah is what that means. But then there's this name Emmanuel. What is this? Well, Emmanuel is one of many names that were given to Christ that were basically further descriptions of who he was and who he was going to be and the purpose he was going to live and die for. And so Emmanuel means God with us, but he's given other names. For example, in Isaiah 9, 6, he's also called Wonderful Counselor. He's called Mighty God. He's called Everlasting Father. He's called Prince of Peace. He's also called Son of the Most High in the Bible. He's called Son of God. There's many, many others. And he was never, never actually referred to or called those names. They're just descriptions of who he is, names giving to fulfill a description. And Emmanuel is one of those names. Another thing that confused me for years was I would see Emmanuel and I'd go to write it. And I'm like, do I write it with an I or an E? Like, how, like, did someone not do spell check before they wrote the Bible? Because sometimes there's an I, sometimes it's with an E. How does this work? And so both are correct. When you translate Emmanuel from the Hebrew language, it's spelled with an I. When you translate uh, Emmanuel from the Greek language into English, it's spelled with an E. Just so you know, a little sidebar. Uh, now you guys know some stuff maybe you didn't know. But I want to look a little closer at the power Of the name Emmanuel and why it's so significant. So let's look at these three words and let's unpack the obvious nature of the three words Emmanuel, God with us. First, let's look at the God part. It's God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. So Christmas is not about a baby being born. Let's make that clear. Christmas is not about a baby being born. There are babies being born all the time on Christmas. I just met a a little girl in the hallway today. It's like, today's my birthday. I'm like, must be tough to share a birthday with Jesus, you know? Because tomorrow's, you know, today's her birthday, tomorrow, Christmas, stuff like that. So there's babies born all the time around Christmas. It's not about the birth of a baby. It's about God becoming a baby on our behalf. It's about the birth of a baby that was God wrapped in flesh. It's about God becoming a baby on our behalf. And the reason he did this was because the only way that humanity can be rescued from our sinfulness and our rebellion was for God to step in and intervene. We cannot work our way to heaven. We cannot work off our bad deeds. We, we can't earn our forgiveness through our works. God has to step in. And so this is the beauty of Jesus as Emmanuel because it's God with us. There are other places in Scripture that reinforce. There's many places in Scripture that reinforce Jesus as God. Here's just a few. In the book of Colossians 1.15, we're told that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so when you see Jesus, you see God. He's the visible image of the invisible God. Colossians 2.9 says about Jesus that in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily not a percentage of deity, not a portion of deity, not some deity, but the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily in Jesus. He was 100% man and yet simultaneously 100% God. It's called the incarnation. It's miraculous. It's mysterious, but it's true. My youth pastor told it to me this way. He said, Jesus was God and a bod, and it just stuck. It just stuck with me because it's true. Also in Hebrews 1.3, it says about Jesus that he is the exact imprint of God's nature. Everything about him is God's nature. And John 1, some of us are very familiar with this. It says, in the beginning, before the beginning of time, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you go to verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh. So if the Word was God, and then God became flesh, there's only one person who is God in the flesh, and that's Jesus. So Jesus is God. So let's get it straight. Jesus isn't a God. He's the God. Jesus isn't one of many saviors. He's the Savior. And this is a truth that you only have two options with. Accept, reject. That's it. You you hear this about Jesus. You either accept it as truth and learn to understand it, or you reject it and then have to live with the eternal consequences, as well as some... Difficult consequences even living your life here on earth without being connected with the one who made you. So for those of you who already have Jesus as your Savior, you're like, I know this, this is a reminder, and we're here to worship, and we're here for celebration. But if you don't have Jesus as your Savior, it's a time for you to have an opportunity to believe and that your Christmas Eve cannot only be a day of celebration It can be a day of salvation where you bend your knee and open your heart to Jesus who is God. So Jesus, God with us. But even uh, another aspect of this is that Jesus is God, but he's with us. He's with us. Emmanuel is a name that emphasizes God's nearness to us. That God wants to hang out with us. God wants to be with us. He wants to come close to us. And so for those of us who are believers in Christ, his presence is very, very real. God with us. And this is a truth that wasn't just true for Mary and Joseph back then. It wasn't just true for the people in the first century. God is still with us. He was with us. He is with us. He always will be with us who are believers in Christ. And the reason he came to be with us is he came to live with us so that we could live with him. Think about that. God came close to live with us so that we, through faith in Christ, would one day be able to live with him for eternity in heaven. Also, the son of God became the son of man so that the sons and daughters of man could become sons and daughters of God. The the greatest identity you could ever possess is to be a child of God. Because once you belong to the Lord, you're his. And no one can take you from him. And no circumstance can take you from God. No person can take you from God. No doubt or struggle or disbelief can take you from God if you truly believe in the Lord as your Emmanuel, as Jesus, God with us. And so as Emmanuel, Jesus will be with you through the good and the bad, through the highs and the lows, and through the joys and the sufferings. Now, I don't know what season you're in right now because a lot of you are going, that's me. I'm I'm in the highs right now. Things are going good. If you're a believer in Christ, celebrate because the good news is Jesus is with you. God with us, Emmanuel. Maybe you're in a place of waiting. You're in a place of indecision. You're kind of waiting on some news. You're waiting on a diagnosis. You're waiting on some sort of direction in your life. If you're a believer in Christ, Emmanuel, we, we celebrate because God with us. You're not alone in the waiting. You're not alone in that place of indecision. If you're in a rough place right now, things are not good. As a believer, Emmanuel, God with us, God has not abandoned you in the tough place. God has not left you alone. You're never alone if you're in Christ because Jesus is our Emmanuel. He's with us. Well, then why am I experiencing pain? Why am I experiencing difficulty? We have to come back to Scripture. When you read the Bible, you going to see that God promised to shield us from all pain and all difficulty. He's only promised to be with us in our pain and in our difficulty. And so we have to remember that. That's Emmanuel. That's God with us. I know that's been true for my life. I mean, I look back and there's too many things to list where I've seen God with me. But I look over some of the most difficult moments and some of the most beautiful moments and go, man, God was with me. God was with me when my parents divorced and having to navigate that for years. God was with me through major academic failures in my life that were very discouraging for me. God was with me when my wife and I walked through the valley of Infertility. he was with us. God was with us when he brought online three amazing, beautiful adoptions with our children. God was with us when we moved from California to Ohio nine years ago. God was with me two years ago when I had a major neck surgery. Like, you look back and go, God was with me, God was with me, God was with me. I hope all of you have that same type of list. Like, look back over your life and go, there was God, there was Emmanuel. He's with me, he's with me, he's with me. Some of you don't have that because you're not in a relationship with Jesus yet. The cool thing is you can start that relationship today and like next Christmas, you look back over this year, this this year that we're about to have and go, look where God was with me. Look where Jesus Emmanuel showed up in my life. And so, but you've had to take that first step of faith and believing in him. You've got to run to him, not run away from him. Let him be your Emmanuel. So I look at these verses Matthew 1, 21-23, she will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, this is a promise that God made, to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So my hope today is if you're a believer in Christ, Today is just a great refresher. It's just a reminder that as you celebrate Christmas, the birth of your Savior, be be encouraged. God with you. Jesus is with you no matter what you're going through. You're never alone. But if you don't know Christ, I I, I would implore you. I would seriously challenge you. Take the first step of faith in Christ. Some of you are probably ready today to give your life to Christ. Some of you maybe are are, um, ready to take the next step of just exploring Christ. Whatever that looks like, we want to help you. So so, uh, connect with us. Um, If you're online right now, you can connect with us at connect at cvconline.org. A lot of you have a response card. Like you can write down, hey, I've got questions. I want to talk about what the message was talking about. Give us an email. Give us a phone number. We'll get in touch with you. But I think what's so important is that not only is Christ present in your Christmas, but that when you look at the gift of life, this isn't empty, but that you have life with Emmanuel, Jesus with you, experiencing all that God has for you. That's the reminder, that's the hope that we have with Jesus being Emmanuel. Well, what I wanna do is I just wanna spend a couple minutes in prayer with you. Instead of just talking about Jesus and talking about God, let's talk to Jesus, let's talk to God for a little bit. And I'm gonna um, just lead us in some prayer. And in that prayer, there's gonna be a moment where if you have never given your life to Christ, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. There is nothing magical about the prayer. The prayer itself doesn't do anything for you. It's a guide. They're just words that are supposed to articulate what's going on in your heart. And if that happens with you today, uh, my encouragement is take this response card, if you give your life to Christ today, mark down that you are receiving Christ, rip this off, give us an email, give us a phone number, and you can either turn it in the baskets to come around in a few minutes, or I think something that would be more meaningful is if you come to Christ today, Put your name, your email, your phone number on there. And we have a little manger in the foyer. And what a a beautiful symbol to say, today's the day that that I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm surrendering to Jesus. I want Jesus to be my Emmanuel. And so I'm placing my uh, response to the gift right there in the manger. And that's an opportunity for you to do that today. So let's pray. Well, Father, thank you so much for being a God who sees us, who cares for us, who loves us, who has not abandoned us, Thank you for what this season is all about, that this is about Jesus, the birth of the Savior. God become flesh. And Father, we confess, there are times uh, then we derail from that, we detour from that. And we make Christmas about things it's not. We get lost in what Christmas isn't about. So Father, call us back to God with us at Christmas. But more importantly, Lord, call us back to Emmanuel, God with us in our life and the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the joys and the sufferings. And so, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that today they'll be encouraged, they'll be reminded, they'll be refreshed to trust you because you've always been with them. And right now, Lord, I pray for anyone here, anyone watching online that doesn't have a relationship with you, but they're tired of opening up the box of life and it's just empty. They're tired of experiencing everything life has to offer And after uh, the high fades, they're left feeling like something, which we know is someone, is missing. And if that's you today, uh, you can just read this prayer, follow this prayer in your heart with me, and surrender your life to Christ. You can say, God, I sense you calling me into relationship. I confess that I have run from you instead of to you. I admit that my life, no matter what else I try to fill it with, eventually feels empty. Today, that changes. Right now, I humbly repent and confess that I'm a sinner who cannot save myself from my sin. But I believe Jesus can. I believe that Jesus is God in the flesh and was born to die for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, and that he is my only hope for forgiveness of sin and to be made right with you. Today, I surrender. Today, I receive the greatest gift you ever gave, Jesus, come into my heart and life and be my Emmanuel, God with me. Today, I commit my life to following you, obeying you, and living for you. In Jesus' name, we all pray together. Amen. Let's continue to worship God who became flesh.